Hello strangers, my name is Rose Gothop. I am the writer-director of this podcast and I want to welcome you to The Greenlands Presents. This podcast is all about the magical world of the Greenlands. If you want more information about the Greenlands or want to submit a script or be involved in the project as a voice actor or even just, you know, throw money at us, <laughs> go to our website at the-greenlands.com, the-greenlands.com or tweet at us on Twitter at GreenlandsThe or Instagram. These also will be put on YouTube. I want to thank our cast for this week's episode of Sister of the Middle Sun, which is a first in the cycle of six stories. Bridget Hemingway, Sam Perry, Helen Vary, Linda Dutson, Kate Newell, David McCran, Francis Broody Oldbridge, Faye Massey, and our narrator, Anne-Marie Goldthorpe. So let's grab our axes, bows, pointy ears, teenage angst, and see you in the green ones. Convent in the Abbess's study. It is evening. The Abbess is writing her treatise at her desk, and Letitia and Blodwin are sitting up to the side of it. The study looks a bit brighter these days, with hanging picture, some flowers and frilly curtains. Letitia is counting the money and Blodwin is painstakingly adding up figures in a ledger, with her tongue sticking out. Eh, we're beginning to do all right, you know. This demon-smiting money is adding up. Yes, but Mother shouldn't go risking herself with these horrid beasts. It is good that I can finally feel useful, my child. The sun shines on those who assist. Well, I hope these demons carry on and assist us to pay off the Sisters of the Moon. You never know. Convent, corridor and cell, night. The abbess is walking smoothly and quietly down the corridor when she stiffens after seeing Novice Patience's door is open. She holds her candlestick more firmly and heads towards her door. The abbess rives in time to see the incubus crouching and holding out his hand for Patience's head. As the abbess goes to open the door, there is a wumpf noise, an angelic choir and a horrible bright light. When the abbess gets her sight back, the room is dark and the incubus has been burnt into a man-shaped smudge in the floor. Euphemia is concerned, but closes the door nonetheless. Convent. Corridor and cell, night, the same. Agatha is sitting in her bed, reading a huge old tome. She is eating biscuits that she occasionally throws under her bed to something, we assume a cat. Around her bed are complicated dream catchers and wind chimes wound together, making a sort of big shiny cradle. The candle burns low and she begins to drop off to sleep. We see a patch of shadow slowly become an incubus. It slowly heads towards her, brushing on the web of shiny dream catchers that move very weirdly. We hear a sort of cavernous growl, and the incubus freezes at the edge of Agatha's bed and looks down. Its eyes widen in fear, and the incubus tries to flee. Suddenly, a bunch of dream catchers and ropes catch it by the ankle and drag the incubus, scrabbling and screaming, under Agatha's bed. Agatha smiles and turns over in her sleep. There is a sound of chewing in a burp, and the incubus's leather thing gets thrown out from under the bed. Convent. It is the abbess's study in the day. Mother Euphemia is sitting at her desk and novice Patience is sitting opposite her. You, my child, have a very great power. Hmm, yes, I know. You do? Yes. Sister Bloodwin says I have a great power over men. I am sorry. I'm trying to fix this. Oh, no, no. I was not referring to that. Oh, no, no. Last night I witnessed a miracle. You were about to be assaulted by a demon of darkness, but the sun protected you and smote the demon to ashes. Novice Patience looks at the abbess with mild concern and shifts uncomfortably. Did, did I disagree with you last night, mistress? What? 
No, you are gifted with great powers from the sun. I know you are the most faithful person I have met. Novice Patience glows with happiness at this. Which is why I need to recruit you for my demon hunting trips to help the villagers. Mm, I am not sure I could be of much help. I will not take no for an answer. You will begin to learn how to exercise with me, and you shall assist me in my ministering to the villagers. Yes, Mother Abbess. Convent, it is Agatha's room, evening. Agatha gets out of her bed and sees the shorts on the floor. She stares at it and picks them up. She then turns to her bed. Spit it out! The bed is silent. I said spit it out! You don't know where it's been. There is a pause and the incubus pushes out from under the bed. The incubus is covered in slime and all wrapped up in pieces of dream catcher. It is not a very happy incubus. In fact, it's looking a little traumatised. Aggie stares at it while whirling the shorts. Can I have my shorts back, please? Sure. If you tell me what you were doing under my bed, you degenerate monster. Having tea with Etty knows what. What does it look like? Good heavens, woman. What do you keep under your bed? Why does it have so many tongues? Agatha shrugs and throws the shorts to the incubus. She turns away as it struggles to get dressed. All right. I'll make you a deal. You will help me with my work in this abbey for as long as it suits me. And in exchange, I will not feed you to my many-tongued friends. The incubus, now dressed, glares at her. You cannot do this to me. You are nothing but a mere priestess. Aye, a mere priestess I am. She grins unpleasantly, and the thing under the bed purrs. The incubus blanches and bows his head. All right, all right. I shall do as you wish, despite this being very much beneath me. Come, Trelane. It is morning. The abbess and patients are walking briskly towards the village. It is a beautiful morning. Birds are singing, etc. Now, you need only do what comes naturally to you, novice patients. Should I use the words, though, mother? Well, if you feel called upon, my dear... Should I also use the gestures which Sister Agatha uses, too? Well, if they seem appropriate, child. But what if they don't work? Then just kick it, child. Is that like smitting, then? Yes. They arrive at the village and look around. Convent, the corridor, it is night. Incubus Four stumbles out of Aggie's room, wriggling in his truculence. He has yellow glowing bands around his torso and being thus trussed has to do as ordered. Aggie follows behind. Go on, foul fiend. I have the advantage of thee and will make thee sweat for the damage thou hast anticipated wreaking upon my personage. Where are we going? The kitchens. I do not do domestic drudgery. You will chop, sweat macerate and distill until you know the difference between a formicative and an aphrodisiac, you moron! You can't make me! They round the corner, approaching the kitchen. If you don't work and learn, I shall have to teach you difference between inguinal and testicular surgery! They enter the kitchen. Uh, where's the wooden spoon? Priory, it is the cloisters. It is daytime. Prioress Papule is walking along with the sub-prioress, Sister Sanctimony. Papule is looking impatient and Sanctimony appeasing. 
So what have these incubi done then? Ah, well, uh, Prioress Papule, you you see, I have had reports back from one of the scullery girls at the convent, and it would seem that some of these incubi have, er, gone away. What? All of them? Gone away? Uh, Well, they do seem to have acquired an extra kitchen hand. You mean to say that they've got the ink by working for them? Uh, Well, I'm not sure that all of the incubi have yet manifested. Uh, Perhaps at this moment, one of them is working on the character downfall of of one of these women, and, and then they will have no congregation and needs must render us our land back. And is Luster continuing to collect the rents. She goes again tomorrow, my lady. The prioress stops. Good. Tell Mavis to bring me a bottle. No, two of that uh, gal- galarian wine to my study. And do you go and see if there is an improvement in the state of our accounts, Sanctimony. Sanctimony bows as the prioress sweeps off along another corridor. Village. Cottage. It is morning. The abbess, Patience and a peasant woman are having a cup of tea around the table of one main room. There is a brown teapot and some pot mugs. The villager, who is very large, messy and dressed in an assortment of rags, gestures with her teapot. No, you'll have some more. It's my best nettle tea. I draw it twice over to kill the stings. Both priestesses murmur polite, repeated, no thanks, it's horrible. It's really kind of you to come down here, you know. It's me scab. Has this afflicted you long, good woman? Oh, it has. And it's taken over, you know. My young apprentice is specialising in, in such a scab and will take your particulars, good woman. The abbess turns to Patience and smiles encouragingly to invite her to ask questions. Patience timidly starts. Uh, um, whereabouts is this scab, please? Oh, it's it's down bottom. Ah, um, and are there any exacerbating factors? You what? Does anything make it worse? Oh, aye, when it gets wet. And when does it get... Oh, no, no, I mean, well, I'm not sure. Here, I'll show you. The woman gets up, takes a step towards Patience and starts to adjust her dirty, smelly, ragged skirts. Patience flattens herself back against the chair and starts to fend off the imagined horrible sight with her hands, but the woman just turns around and heads out of the door. The abbess follows along with a very relieved Patience. Village. Cottage garden. Morning. The woman leads the abbess and Patience to her plants, which have some blue splats on them. She bends down and draws attention to these markings. See? That's not normal. That isn't. That's demon's work. Indeed. My good woman and my apprentice, novice Patience, can deal with this. The abbess gestures to Patience to effect a remedy. Patience worriedly murmurs a few words sotto voce, but nothing happens. Patience looks a little disconcerted, smiles at the peasant and tries again. Nothing happens. The abbess smiles at the peasant woman, who looks a little doubtful. Patience summons up her courage, takes a deep breath, closes her eyes and murmurs yet again, this time making gestures with her hands. She casts her fingers open. She then tentatively opens her eyes and the blue scab is gone from the plants. Patience sighs with relief. Well, 
I never. The woman smiles at Patience, who relievedly smiles back. The abbess pats Patience on the back, and Patience starts to look a little more confident. Convent. It is kitchen. Afternoon. Aggie is stirring purposefully at her latest maceration, and Incubus Four, now dressed in a nun's habit with his hood up, is sourly pouring out tincture from a jug into lots of little bottles on the kitchen table. It spills everywhere. Then do it carefully! Why do I have to do all this housewife's work? As punishment for attacking me, young man. And because I have great need of extra hands. The sun has ways of helping and hath sent us succour in our time of need. Yeah, and I'm the ruddy sucker. Aggie points with her wooden spoon. Bottles, foul friend. Mother Euphemia comes in and starts looking in drawers. Good day, Sister Agatha. Oh, we have another sister in our midst. Oh, um, yes. Good morning, Mother. Um, this is Sister Botwaga from over at the Convent of the Storm. She's on the Convent's five yearly pilgrimage and hath offered us her aid in return for shelter for a few days. Oh, really? Excellent. A good morrow to you, Sister Botwaga. The incubus grunts and continues pouring. Is uh, she one of the silence-committed sisters, my dear? Oh, indeed, Mother. The storms of all the netherworlds will not urge her speech. She is as the silent worm. Mother finds the knife she was looking for and heads out. Well, you are most welcome here, sister. Very good. Very good. She exits. <sighs> worm. Convent, the abbess's study, it is morning. The abbess is sitting behind her desk and Sister Bluster is sitting in front of it. Bluster has two large male heavies in peasant outfits standing behind her. Bluster is holding out her hand. The abbess is rooting in her drawers. She withdraws a little money bag and hands it meekly over to Bluster. Bluster leans across, grabs the bag, empties it out and counts it out rudely on the abbess's desk. She then makes a dismissive gesture and sits back suddenly. It's no good. I'm sorry. It's no good. Rent's gone up. What? Did you not get the notice? Rent's gone up. All moon properties are owed more now. The rent has gone up. Sister Bluster stands up suddenly and sweeps the money into a little bag, putting it in her pocket. Etty's teeth, woman. Are you deaf? We are currently going through a period of inflation. Thus, rent has gone up. I will take what you have now, and I expect the amount in full next time, plus the rest of this time. The abbess slowly stands up. But, but I, I... uh, No buts me, no buts. So that's a hundred florins next month. Then, ugh, Mother Euphemia... Bluster turns and strides out, followed by her heavies. Poor Euphemia looks stricken. The convent. Sanctuary. Day. There is the formation of a gentle wreath into a vertical red smoke spiral which eventually becomes another incubus. This male is about 38 years old, very handsome with jet black hair and is rather Italianate looking. Incubus number five smiles, stretches and voluptuously examines his arms and hands which he writhes about a bit. 
He then drops his arms and he smiles, pauses, puts his hands on his hips and slowly and curiously scans around himself to examine the sanctuary with a sneer of sheer malevolence. Also, we seem to hear faint strains of tango on the air. Priory, church, it is daytime. Luster is herding the last of the congregation out and then she slams the door. Sanctimony is examining the offering plates with Papule on looking. Not much of a way of offering, Sanctimony. Indeed, but the peasants will insist that they have a demon problem. It would seem that some of those demons we sent over to the Sun Convent have found their way back to our own village. Bluster is snuffing out candles and the chapel is getting darker. Papule walks back down the centre aisle, followed by Sanctimony. Papule turns her head half backwards as she speaks to Sanctimony. Bluster has up the sisters of the sun's rents. I don't see why she can't up the congregation's offerings as well. Some of the more bold yeomanry, all the outspoken peasants, may object. Object? I want some horse flesh. Oh, oh! Um, horses d- don't taste very for riding, not eating. You moron! When I ride out, I'm not being seen on those stupid, ratty old asses. I want thoroughbreds and stabling for them. I want gilded saddles and harnesses, just like the primates. Do you hear? Well, uh, um, our coffers at the moment are, um... Then get Bluster onto the congregation. She can explain what happens to a congregation which doesn't stump up. Papio turns and stalks away. Sanctimony is a bit dismayed and is joined silently by Bluster, who shrugs at her. The convent gardens. It is evening. Blodwin is collecting the tools in the twilight, just as the sun vanishes below the horizon. She walks up and down the paths between the beds, collecting the tools and putting them in the hut. Incubus number five is stealing about malevolently, is slightly dramatically watching her, a little bit like a silent movie villain. Priory. This is the Prioress's study and it is night time. Prioress Papule is seated by the fire opposite to Sanctimony, who sits hunched over a small parchment with poised quill. Sister Mavis removes a hot poker from the fire and heats two mugs of wine. She then bustles about, setting fruits and liquids on occasional tables by their elbows. My dear Lord Primate, I am your humble Prioress of the... uh, Oh, you know, the usual tribe. She waves her hand. Yes, my lady. Sanctimony scribbles. Tell him, oh, tell him, uh, uh, after you have given him our most profuse invitations to visit and stay a while, that those wretched baggages are still injuring the sky's deities by scrabbling after money. Uh, Certainly, my lady. Tell him that I look forward to our discoursing about the failings away of transgressors and the punishing of heretics. Mavis stands by listening with worry for the Sisters of the Sun, Sanctimony furiously scribbles. Uh, Should I subscribe it to your most gracious rectitude or or your very modest and chaste uh, or perhaps... Just finish the ruddy thing. 
Milady, shall I just wash up the dinner things? Prioress turns her head. What? Yes. Then can you bring my furs, not the golden fox? I think mm, the silver lemming fur. Mavis bows. Yes, Milady. Mavis goes out. Thank you for listening to this episode of Sisters of the Middle Sun. I hope you enjoyed it as much as we like to make it. If you could drop us a like, a subscribe, or a review on iTunes, or wherever you happen to listen to podcasts, or recommend us to a friend who needs a laugh, please do. We're just starting out and every little thing helps. If you want to get involved in the creative side of things, or give us feedback, or you want to be a scriptwriter or an actor, or just want to be involved in the Greenlands generally, please contact us on our website, www.the-greenlands.com, or tweet at me at GreenlandsThe. I don't know why Twitter made it GreenlandsThe, but we're now stuck with GreenlandsThe, so tweet at me. Hi. I'd also like to thank our editor, Matthew McGuinness, and our musician, David Berlin, for pulling together our disparate elements. We'll have another episode out next week, so see you then.